The following podcast is produced or sponsored by a community member. The content, views, and opinions expressed are those of the participants and do not reflect those of BMC or the Town of Belmont. BMC welcomes your comments. Call us at 617-484-2443 or email us at access at belmontmedia.org. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Community Conversations. I'm your host, Roger Colton. Everyone in Belmont knows that Belmont schools have a strong music program, a strong drama program, vocal music, instrumental music, drama. But the Belmont schools also have a very strong visual arts program across the grades from kindergarten through high school. And today we're going to talk about the visual arts program. I have with me today uh, a Belmont art teacher, fine art teacher, Nicole Pond. She has been with the Belmont schools for 19 years and she teaches uh, art at uh, the Burbank Elementary School. Thanks for having me today. Thank you for coming. I know it's uh, the middle of the school week, so <laughs> we appreciate uh, uh, you coming over to uh, the studios here in uh, Waverly Square. Uh, Nicole, before we really get started, I'd like to ask you to accept one ground rule, uh, sure. if, uh, if you will, and that is that uh, one of my concerns about fine arts is that people have unstated assumptions or uh, they, they think they know what's going on, and I'm one of the, I think I'm fairly typical. So I would ask you not to be bashful if you hear me say something that has an unstated assumption that is just plain wrong sure. or, or more likely out of date. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what, um, what I'd like you to do is uh, just to, to lay the groundwork, uh, you do uh, teach at the Burbank. Correct. And, and you teach exclusively art. Correct. And uh, do you teach across the grades? Can you give us a little insight into... Sure. What, what do you do at the Burbank? <laughs> sure. Well, the elementary teachers in general, there are four of us, and we all teach kindergarten through fourth grade at the elementary levels. And then there are four middle school teachers that teach fifth through eighth grade, and then there are four high school teachers. So there's 12 of us um, that make up the team of the visual arts department. And is there a regular interaction between the, those 12 teachers? Depending upon what the need is. We have monthly curriculum meetings where we meet as a department, and then there's a subgroup of us that are part of a professional learning team together. We've been together for about seven years now where we're looking at different areas and avenues of art, um, inspiration, where ideas come from, and each year we're unraveling a new part of that professional learning team together. I said that I'd like to talk about the, the visual arts today. And I have to admit that when I started thinking about this show, when I said to myself, visual arts, what I had in my mind was painting and drawing and, uh, and pottery, things like that. But the, the visual arts really is much broader than that. 
It is. It's very true. And as visual art teachers, we have to be trained across all of those different disciplines so that we can in turn teach it to our students. So um, visual arts entail drawing, painting, which is watercolors, temper paint, acrylic paints, oil paints. Um, we also work with clay and other 3D sculptural materials, wood, things like that. Um, mixed media, collage, printmaking, which is one of my specialties. There's also photography, graphic designs, textiles, weaving. So there's so much that encompasses the fine arts as a whole. And this is all said within the context of remember, uh, remembering that it's K through five or K through four. K through four, right. Yeah, K through yeah. four kids we're talking about. Correct. So uh, we're not talking about, with what you teach, we're not talking about high school kids. Uh, Correct. The These are kid kids. These are kid kids, yes. Now, now when we talk about sculpture, that, that's a term of art, by the way, kid kids. Yes. <laughs> yeah. when, when we talk about sculpture or uh, something other than painting or drawing, mm -hmm. is the significance that uh, the kids are working with their hands or is the significance that it is 3D rather than 2D? A little that, bit of both. So the idea of a sculpture is that there's form to it. Form is one of the elements of art, which are the tools that we use to teach the arts from. And form is about the idea that a sculpture can be viewed from many points of view. You can walk around a table, look at it from the front, the back, the top, the bottom, whereas a two-dimensional piece just has one side. So the idea of getting students to understand the difference between two-dimensional art versus three-dimensional art, whether it be clay or model magic or um, paper mache. There's different ways that you can make three-dimensional work, but in three-dimensional, you're not just looking at it from one point of view. And it seems to me that it, when I woke up this morning, uh, I tossed the blan my blanket off that my daughter had made for me when she was in college, it's something that I couldn't in my uh, wildest dreams uh, create. But uh, textiles it is a component of art. And Textiles would have a, a feel to it. Mm -hmm. right. Yes, I, and texture I, I'm not sure is what actually I'm asking, but well. Texture is one of the elements of art texture. as well. Yes, and color plays into textiles as well. Um, layout, composition. These are all vocabulary words as artists that we use, and they're not just designated for one medium. What you use vocabulary-wise for textile also crosses over into painting and drawing as well. So it's about giving our kids the tools to understand the mediums that they're working with, the techniques, the vocabulary words, art criticism and art history, understanding art through cultures from around the world. So there's a lot that goes into teaching students about art, not just the production-making aspect of it. Which is something I hadn't even thought of. Uh, art history, t teaching art Absolutely. history to a Abs first grader? Absolutely, yes. They could tell you all about Matisse and his style and why he started to do cutouts versus his paintings. I think our education as a whole has changed throughout the years, but I think back when I was a kid and everybody's had to look exactly like the teachers. Nowadays, it's about problem solving in a unique way where the child can make their own art, exposing their own feelings and views and perceptions and choices, and no one should look alike. And that's what we strive for in our programs. Well, and Belmont has considerable cultural diversity yes. in, in the school di uh, district, in the uh, school system. Correct. Do you, so you have to be very conscious, I would think, of 
teaching in a cross-culture or a multicultural? Multicultural. We also, um, as specialist teachers, we see every single child in the building. So I see every child that's on an IEP, a 504, ELL. Every child that walks through the halls comes into our art room. So we have to be able to adapt materials to children that may have special needs while also making it adaptable to children that are in a typical setting. So I have a question. Sure. I don't even know if it's an answerable question, given you could probably talk for hours. But how does one teach art and uh, painting? How does one teach how to paint? Or do you break it down into the elements and teach perspective, colors, shapes? So the good thing about our positions is that for me, for example, I teach K to four. So I'm seeing the same students for five years in a row. And we really build our curriculum on a spiraling continuum. So what's taught in kindergarten is then built upon a little further in first grade, second grade. And then they start to master concepts as they move into high school and can really fine tune their artwork. So at the elementary level, it's about exposing them to different artists and art history It's about working with them on their fine motor skills, teaching them how to cut properly, how to hold a paintbrush properly, um, exposing them to the elements of art, how artists use line, texture, color in their work, how you can create a composition that's visually pleasing. So it's about giving them the tools to create their own artwork based on their personal feelings and beliefs. And and something I, I heard, I think, is it's partially developmental. Yes. Uh, It's not simply conveying the skills, but it's recognizing what developmental point the kids are at. Correct. Correct. And and do you measure... the, the progress uh, or the difference from year to year. Uh, let me tell you, going back to the notion of, uh, of music um, in the Belmont schools, when you go to Bandorama, I go to Bandorama, mm-hmm. I admit it. Uh, my great. daughter's been out of school for six or seven That's years. That's great. We love community members coming. But uh, you can, you just marvel at, wow, this is what they're, uh, the kids are like in first grade, and this is what they're like in fourth grade just mm-hmm. three years later. Uh, you see that same progress, I, I, I assume. We do, and if you come into the elementary schools or the middle school and you walk down the halls, you can see the bulletin boards from kindergarten students versus fourth grade students, and you can see how they've used these different elements in kindergarten and then how they approach their work in the fourth grade and how they've developed it. And then they go into the middle school having a strong foundation from the elementary level where then they can pursue it a little bit further. And then when they go into the high school, they can really narrow in or even take a PR at that point. Now, I don't have occasion to be in the elementary schools. I do go to the the high school every now and then. But uh, you talked about the displays in the uh, the hallways. Is, I don't know quite how to put this question, is displaying artwork part of the educational process? It is, is, definitely. It's important for, as artists, when we finish a piece, it's not just done. It's about how we share it with people and how people then can talk about our artwork. So part of artwork is how you frame it, how you label it, what's hanging next to it, is there a title for it, so that the viewer then can learn about your piece and your process in your production. So 
as I tell my students, when a piece is done, it's not done. It then needs to be shared with the world. And how you share it is important. Yes. It takes into account framing it, mounting it, labeling it, all of those things. So it's important to see it all the way through to the end. And, and when my daughter was uh, in second grade, I think it was second grade, but one of the lower grades, uh, she uh, made a cat, mm-hmm. a three-dimensional cat. And there was a an art show at the Belmont Savings. Yes, uh, that's where we used building. to do it back in the day. Uh, it is, are, are there still opportunities? And I swear, 50% of our block went in to see Allison's cat. Uh, <laughs> that's great. Does she still have it? Uh, she does. Great. She does. I know exactly where it is. <laughs> um, well, yes, we're really fortunate to have a great partnership with the Belmont Gallery of Art, which is up on the third floor of the Homer Building. Every year we do an all-town art show um, in May up there, and we have a reception, and it's a selection of pieces from grades K through 12 to share with the community, and it's always a highlight there. We have five, six hundred people come out for the reception. We've also recently done an art teacher show at the Belmont Gallery of Art that came down in October called Off the Clock. And this was our third series of Off the Clock where the teachers created work to share with the community so that they could see that we do what we teach. And for people who are not familiar with the uh, the Belmont Gallery of Art, the Belmont Gallery of Art is on the Top floor, I believe. Top floor of the Homer Homer building. building. And they have wonderful exhibits there. And they've really been a great partnership for us in the community. Is um, You teach at the Burbank. Correct. uh, And uh, Belmont's got, obviously, several elementary schools. How how does one ensure the same uh, teaching across schools? Or maybe you don't. Maybe well, we do because we have standards that we work from, just like core subjects do. We have Massachusetts frameworks and national standards that we need to follow. So we look at those standards, we look at what the objectives are, and then we develop our units within those objectives. So there's a lot of times where there's a lot of crossover, but I may approach texture differently than how the Wellington teacher is approaching texture with second grade. But the end result is that the students understand texture and can use the vocabulary word appropriately. I'd like to remind our listeners that we are talking today with uh, Nicole Pond. Uh, Nicole is uh, a, a fine arts teacher at the Burbank uh, Elementary School, and she's been in the Belmont school system for 19 years. Correct. So, uh, and speaking of 19 years, it seems like teaching art today would be different than teaching art in the, the, late, teen, 19, the late 1990s. Correct. I'll get this out. <laughs> but I, I knew, do, you, do kids uh, do, do art, make art? Uh, on computers? Do you use technology? We have technology in our classrooms. Um, We're fortunate enough where we have smart boards. We actually received our smart boards a long time ago from the Kendall School um, that had an account left. And so all of the art teachers were able to get smart boards way before other people had smart boards. So that's great. And we also have Elmo document cameras, which help us with our teaching. Um, And then other, Wellington has an uh, iPad station in the art room that was um, funded through a grant. So technology is used in different ways. We're hoping when we build the new high school, we'll be able to really dive into the graphic art program at a new high school with the technology that we need for that there. 
in the high school is yet to come. So Correct. We, we will agree to set that aside. Sure. For a moment. <laughs> okay. Well, one thing I, uh, I'm curious, uh, Ardo Asadorian, who is the curriculum director for visual and performing Correct. arts uh, for the Belmont School System, he's a friend. And Ardo and I, Mr. Asadorian and I, have talked on occasion about how uh, performing uh, in the drama program, in the music program, he believes helps kids socially because it allows them to put themselves in somebody else's shoes. Mm-hmm. It helps them to empathize with other people. It, 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 is the same thing true with the visual arts? Absolutely. I think the visual arts help students on so many levels. I myself didn't feel like I was a great student at school, and art was really the thing that got me through. And I see all around students that struggle in school, either behaviorally or academically, and then they come into the art room, and it's this opportunity for them to thrive, and it's a great feeling. And so I think on a social-emotional level, The strong points are that the students get to see the same teacher year after year. So we get to build a strong relationship with the students and the families and siblings that come through. Um, We're also getting them to kind of problem solve with 21st century skills from a brainstorming drawing all the way through to the final product. And sometimes that involves collaboration or innovation, but it's making them be problem solvers to think for themselves how they can do this. Um, and that's what 21st century learners need to do these days. Am I being uppity when I think that Belmont's got a stronger visual arts program than, than most school systems? I'm a little biased, so I'll agree with you on that. I think maybe it's uppity and true at the same time. I think we have some really amazing, talented teachers in the district. Um, All of us are practicing artists, along with being talented teachers, Um, and that sends the message to the students that we do what we teach. We're passionate about this. We exhibit our work outside of school. We're here to teach you how to do this. We collaborate as a team. We have our students collaborate. So, and we all are certain in our content area. In Massachusetts, teachers have to have their master's degree in their content area. So we really hire folks that know what they're doing and what they're talking about and are passionate about it. And you teach college kids. I do. I teach at Boston University in the art education department. One thing I'm curious about, uh, thank you for coming, by the way. Thanks for having me. I've got all these thoughts that I've never had occasion to, uh, to That's ask great, because art is everywhere, so it's important to think about it. Uh, I, I, when I was in school, uh, through college and beyond, I, I played French horn. Mm-hmm. And uh, we, of course, the thing about instrumental music is you're either right or wrong. Mm-hmm. And it, somebody's written the music, and you play the right note at the right time, or you don't. And we rehearsed for hours uh, to get it right. Does, on the other hand, with art, it seems like there's an, more of an element in creativity. You don't want to be creative in an instrumental uh, group. Right. Uh, does, can one practice creativity? Absolutely. Or practice imagination? I don't know what the right word I is. I think it's practicing how you can train your eye t- to in your brain to think like an artist and look at the world through the lens of an artistic lens because... As I say to my students, you know, if we're doing a still life, 
and you're looking and observing, you can go home and practice. You can set up some stuffed animals or a bowl of fruit because you really need to train your eyes to think like an artist because art is all around and I want you to view the world around you and see art in the world around you. So with some aspect of of learning involved there, yes, you can practice art to get better at it. If I can give you the tools and the materials, then you can explore and learn and figure out, you know, what you are gravitating towards, whether it be clay or painting. We all have strengths and weaknesses. I personally am not a great portrait artist. Not a strength (laughs) for me, but I have other strengths. Well, I always laugh because I say that I've never gotten smiling faces on my handwriting. (laughs) Maybe people would say that's uh, simply being creative. I I would like to think of art from two different perspectives, two flip sides, if you will, and ask you about each of those sides. Um, Again, from my uh, background in music, I've always thought that uh, being a participant in music made you better at other classes. Uh, it, it helps in math. It helps in science uh, right down the line. Uh, can the same thing be said about the visual uh, arts? Absolutely. Um, you know, again, I, I think about a classroom of 24 students. They all learn differently. You're going to have students that learn better visually. You have students that learn better through motion or reading. So, you know, in a classroom of 24 students, you need to differentiate your instruction so that you're meeting the goals of all of those students. And I think if we can bring the visual arts more into the curriculum, A, that requires more time sometimes than we have. But when I do interdisciplinary lessons with classroom teachers, they're a great success because the students see the connections between the classroom and the art room. For example, at Burbank in second grade, they do um, a big biography biography research project where they're researching someone from throughout history that's important. And then in the art room, I have them draw a portrait of that person. And what we're actually talking about, which is part of the curriculum, is proper placement of facial features, proportions of the face. But it doesn't have to be through self-portrait they're doing that. They're researching in their classroom. Then they're drawing a person using the proper proportions. So there's this great intermingling that's happening between the classroom teacher and myself in a project like that. And then from the flip side, it it seems like sometimes people like me – try to put too much significance on the role that art plays in helping the, uh, the other academic su- subjects. But I've always believed that art has an intrinsic uh, value. I'm setting aside whether it has any impact on somebody's math or science or research skills. The, uh, engaging in the creation of art has some sort of intrinsic value. Absolutely. I think the arts can benefit interdisciplinary connections, but the arts can also be for art's sake for their their self. They don't need to be piggybacked into other subject areas because they can stand on their own and they should. And we should, yeah, we shouldn't try to say we need to maintain a strong art. I'm editorializing, I guess, but uh, we shouldn't try to justify maintaining a strong arts program by saying, well, it, it, the real purpose is to help kids with their math and science. Correct. We, we want to maintain a strong arts program because str- having a strong arts program is good and unto itself. Correct. 
Correct. And we're teaching our students to be consumers of art in this world. You know, they can go to museums and learn to talk about art. I think many adults are afraid to go to museums because they don't know when they're looking at a piece what they're even looking at. So if we can teach them vocabulary words and ways to talk about and analyze work in a meaningful conversation, then they're more apt. You know, and here in Boston, we're so lucky to have access to so many cultural things. And there's public art that's free all around us as well. So it's really important for students to understand how to talk about art as well. And the word fun. I, we, we've been talking about education, and another bias of mine is that people seem to think that fun and education are not uh, consistent with each other. But it seems like part of going to school is just going to school and doing something that's fun. Yeah, I mean, fun. saying art is fun can come across differently to different teachers. Some teachers don't like it when a classroom teacher drops a class off and says, have fun, because it makes it feel too lighthearted. My view on it, though, is that there should be this balance of fun in education together, and it should be a release time for them when they come to me, because when they're in their classroom, two plus two has to equal four for them to get it right on their math test. But when they're in the art room, if I'm asking them to come up with a piece of abstract art, there's millions of different ways to solve that problem, and they're all going to be correct. And so I think it's important for them to know that Beyond being fun, it's educational, and there's learning value in it. Now, we're running a little short on time, but I'd like to give you uh, an opportunity to get on your soapbox uh, for a minute, if that's that's appropriate. But again, coming back to my wife and I, my wife and I go to... Uh, tend to go to the music and the drama productions. Uh, We go to the one-act plays, we go to the fall play, we go to the musical, we go to Broadway nights, and it seems like in Belmont, frequently, we are not atypical. That There is a disproportionate, uh, strike the word disproportionate, there is a public recognition of the performing arts that hasn't extended to the visual arts. It is, um, I don't know if I completely agree with that because okay. we. it may just be that you haven't seen that avenue. I think okay. our schools are bulletin boards full, so coming into the schools and viewing it. But we have lots of shows throughout the year outside of the schools as well. So we have the end-of-the-year art show at the gallery, like I was telling you about, and we have hundreds and hundreds of people that come out to that show. Um, The Chenery Middle School does a great job of bringing art out into the community as well. They're doing a show in Boston for Boston students. Every single Boston student is going to have a piece, and they do it out in Boston so the families out there can see the shows as well. So I think the art is out there. It's just the community tapping into it differently. A performance is something that can be highly advertised, and you know you can have tickets for it and advertisements for it, whereas artwork, as much as we advertise it, sometimes it's just a matter of walking around and opening your eyes a little wider and seeing that it's really there. And it could be just that we ran with a different crowd. Yeah. That's one of yeah. the things I yeah. heard you say. We're out of time. Oh. Uh, <laughs> um, I do want to thank uh, Nicole Pond, who teaches fine arts at the Burbank Elementary School here in Belmont, for coming over and talking with thank us Thank you for today. having me. Uh, I'd like to thank the listeners uh, for tuning in to Community Conversations. You can 
access community conversations through the Belmont Media website at belmontmedia.org. You can search or should search for the BMC Podcast Network. And you can also access uh, this podcast through iTunes by searching for the BMC Podcast Network. You've been listening to Community Conversations. I'm your host, Roger Colton. I will talk to you again in two weeks.